You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Shutdown Full Cast. Man, you're hearing this after a weekend in America's Ninja Warrior course. If you don't know what that is, it's Duval County, a.k.a. the city of Jacksonville, Florida, where a good number of us attended the live Shutdown Full Cast. By us, I mean those listening and those actually doing the podcast, since, you know, we kind of had to all be there. And some of you, some of you, you all had to be there, but uh, some of you did not attend. From what I understand, there are excuses about being hundreds and thousands of miles away. Um, those are excuses. I'm just going to be like Will Muschamp when a defensive lineman comes back and says he was being held. Don't come back and told me you tell me that you couldn't make it. Don't tell don't tell me that a job was holding you. No excuses, y'all. You if, you, know, if you can't if you can't close in space and 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 make the tackle and finish the pursuit, well, the problem was you're set up before the play began, right? Correct. You, you, you had too much distance between you and the objective before the play even began. So you should have moved to Jacksonville a year ago. You know, there's a way you can make it up to us if you didn't go to the show. And what is that? That would be to purchase a shutdown full cast Jacksonville Knights themed T-shirt. Which you can do right now on our forever fave sponsors, Homefield Apparel. That's homefieldapparel.com. Right now, you can go to our favorite website, preownedairboats.com, and you can see the shirt design there. You can purchase it if you enter the promo code JAXCAST. That's J A X CAST, all caps, one word. Uh, you can get $10 off. So, wow, wow, wow. there. Uh, I was told by our sponsors last night that we have sold, and I'm quoting here, 
way a, a whole bunch of shirts from people who in no way could have been at this show and yeah. so you can just lie to people right you can just be like, are, oh yeah are, i was there what are some of those glorious locations uh that uh, are now, now south now- dakota we had south dakota we had vermont uh we had one in germany no yeah. you never know somebody could have flown into randy savage international airport non-international airport i was very disappointed that they have an international airport in jacksonville i will say this about the jacksonville airport as we were circling and looking for jason it's a very quick loop if you're going through there none of these like five minute state to state deals though in trying to speaking speaking of quick loops do we is it time to talk about uh how we uh more specifically, you and Richard. Yeah, escaped. enough with TripAdvisor. Let's let's talk about you and you and our oldest son. Yeah, I called it America's Ninja Warrior course, and I'm really not exaggerating because everything in Jacksonville has to be surmounted via bridge, ramp, some form of uh, hop, skip, and jumping over overpasses and under underpasses. Can I defend the bridges for a second? Please. They're preventing you from touching Jacksonville. That's true. That's true. I do like, I, I enjoy that Pittsburgh, basically, if you wanted to make Jacksonville, you took the SimCity blueprint for Pittsburgh and said, but what if more bridges? Um, Jason, by the way, is recording this from, from somewhere in Orlando, and he's in a conference room where business is done, and someone is doing some sort of business behind them. Continues to be done in real time. Yeah, I uh, we are here for Universal Studios. It was daughter's birthday present, and I'm just making a regular work trip while also going to a theme park from time to time. Uh, yeah, I, I said, hey, is there is there anywhere in this hotel in this complex where there's no uh, there's no music happening that I can just sit for a little bit? And they're like, yeah, go sit in the business room. But people also come through the business room, so we're gonna get some ambience anyway. But that's the that's um, that's the update on Orlando. Ask them questions about Rutgers football, or ask them if they think that uh, they can replace Billy Taggart. There, there is that. Um, which, by the way, uh, uh, as a as a spell one can cast, finding the money for the buyout with Florida State boosters in about forty eight hours. That's that's a superpower and a spell. That's deep dark magic. That's sorcery if you will. And we'll get to that. We did manage to traverse the wilds of Jacksonville this weekend. Um, all for not as, uh, as the bad guys won as the Georgia Bulldogs who in one of their two times, they actually get out of the house a year and have fun as if painting by numbers. Woo! say woo a lot. Jacksonville is like a mommy and me pottery based economy. It really is. It's like, it's like build a bear, but for a weekend of, milk toast adventure right and the empty bins of animal skins are those are exactly the same exactly the same uh so yeah florida lost and richard johnson of bannersociety.com the website that this what this podcast is anchored to college football community Mm -hmm. the the college football community website uh you know hive mind determining how we speak about this sport the collective 
That makes it sound like we're all boning, but we're not that attractive. Yeah. Or that we have some sort of inefficient, huge farm, which that part completely true. Oh, that's, that's a genuine business goal of mine. Yeah. Yeah. That's really the business plan behind all of this. Rutabagas for all. The the game itself might have stunk. The adventure afterwards was also pretty lackluster because um, we had to tell everybody, yeah, we have to get back from the stadium. If you've ever tried getting out of the stadium after the cocktail party, you'll know that like a Roach Motel, it's very easy to check in, very difficult to check out. Um, everybody is trying to get out at once. And Jacksonville, as we said, a series of overpasses, underpasses, drawbridges, bridges, and five lane highways leading to nothing in particular. So you're going to be there a while. Richard and I decided to walk away from the stadium until traffic became something less than completely gridlocked. A How good, long? A good game day strategy for most uh, for most college football environments. This is true. What did Richard and I have to do? We thought we would have to walk 20, 30 minutes. An hour later, we finally stopped when traffic had thinned out and we had walked far enough away from the stadium. Uh, by that time we had settled up next to a graveyard. <laughs> so your, yours truly and Richard Johnson were standing next to a graveyard waiting for an Uber or a Lyft to connect. Lyft finally connected. We got out of there thanks to, uh, Tiffany's fantastic white Ultima with custom red leather seats, by the way, as if you weren't like driving home the point that this was not to be our weekend. Yeah, Georgia red leather seats for the Lyft driver who rescued us from the graveyard, where I will say, as an adult, I peed. Yeah, I had that's, to. That's that's in the notes right here. Peed in the cemetery. If you were really committed to the bit, you would have peed on the leather. I peed. I was not going to do that to Tiffany. She, she was that's our... fair. She can't help her raising. Yeah, no, she... She saved us, and uh, red leather seats or not, I had to give her all due credit. I did pee in a graveyard in Jacksonville, Florida this weekend. I feel like it was the perfect way to really, like, cap the weekend. You know who else peed in Jacksonville, Florida, in some place they shouldn't have? Who? Todd Grantham. That's right. Todd Grantham. This is a great time to tell you to subscribe to our read option, which is the Banner Society newsletter. Uh, And if you were subscribed before yesterday... You got to see Spencer uh, put out a newsletter at like two in the... Well, Jason puts out the newsletter because he does all the real work. But Spencer wrote the words uh, along with young Alex Kirshner detailing all the ways in which uh, young Todd Grantham, old Todd Grantham, excuse me, uh, might be removed from our lives by various cartoon methods. Leave him on ice flow. uh, Get him, lure him into a sack so you could pull him away. There's a lot of different ways to get a Todd Grantham out of your life. All of them are basically uh, shorts from a Wile E. Coyote scenario, but they're effective. That's why they're classics. Um, We haven't done them yet, but really, we can't do them soon enough, given going six for 12 on third downs and giving up everything from third and one to, I believe, third and 18 at one point and losing track of Georgia's best receiver on a formation that they hadn't shown all day. Yeah. Real basic good high school stuff that we're just missing in the name of emotional blitzing. You know, for somebody who's so fond of that one hot air balloon tweet, I, I feel like you would think this is funnier. Um, if it were not my team, absolutely. Absolutely. But but instead, instead, you know, if this were Canadian football, he'd be the greatest defensive coordinator of all time. No, Unfortunately, then, then we'd have emotional second down blitzing. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, 
<laughs> Go! Then he could like. potentially give up a third and 119. Oh, the dream. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I would like to say about this game is that Jake Fromm may be the quarterback who did the least to have the most impact. Jake was just going to break you off exactly as much as you needed to beat you. I can't decide if that's more frustrating than somebody throwing like eight TDs and going for 900 yards to beat you or whether somebody throwing for like, you know, 250 and two TDs, but looking absolutely lethal in the process. Um, I will point out how Georgia is this quarterback. He kind of plays golf. Think about that. Fewest shots to put you under. Yeah. That's that's kind of puts puts his way down the field. Jake Fromm may be the best quarterback Georgia's ever had. And I say that because he's got the most golf like game. So kudos, kudos to him. That's that's about the kindest thing I can say. You know, Florida was on the whole absolute trash and Todd Grantham should be kidnapped and put into the bear exhibit at a zoo. That sounds fun, though. Mm. Mm. they'll feed him though you know he won't have to wear pants seems like he would love that (laughs) he can just maul things randomly right yeah i mean i guess if the goal is to find him somewhere where he can be happy without bothering anyone that would be the humane thing to do so what's good of you spencer well you know as as long as he doesn't have to do something a third time i think he'll be fine yeah my um I like that this game, basically the decisive moment was Georgia ripping off a big gain, getting a very rare explosive play, which sort of ties up a season-long plot line on this podcast about Georgia being unable to accomplish those, uh, that it just so happened to occur in a game that, well, all of us were paying close attention to. That just so happened to occur in a game that would upset the mathematical majority of Banner Society podcasters. I find that humorous. Yes. Yeah, I as well. I also, there's that. And then there's also how it occurred, which was, what was it, Spencer? Just basically a drag route that had some weird. Uh, yeah, it was a drag it. route across. It was a drag route by Cager across the formation that just turned up to kind of like a, a wheel. Yeah, right? kind just, of a downfield wheel. So like from threw it like eight yards. and. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, also the winning, the, the like, game-clinching completion, right? They're like, it was a long completion. That's a long completion if you've been, like, nibbling away. So congratulations to Jake Fromm and the Georgia Bulldogs, the mighty nibblers that they are. Um, you're, you're the better team. You're boring as hell to watch. Oh, my God. They like, really seriously. Do, they really do maul you like a bulldog would. They just gum you to death. They do. They can't, they can't, get, they can't get like that much of your arm in their mouth, so they're just like, I'm going to take it one chunk at a time. They just when slobber on your arm bag, until it dissolves. You, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, the mighty nibblers, the Georgia Bulldogs, congratulations. I hope you lose every single other game and have a miserable rest of your year, but you beat us. So, that's your SEC East report for the week. Let's move on to more exciting things. Uh, At least two far more exciting things happened this week. Do we want to go with the one that... Would you want to start with the one that happened on Saturday or the one that's happened mostly on Sunday? I don't know. Let's get that fresh meat on Sunday. Okay. So, uh, how many games did uh, Willie Taggart coach for Florida State University? 21. 21. 21. 21. Is that a lot? That's not a lot, Jason. No, that's not very many. No, they, uh, that's um, that's 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 barely. Uh, let's see, 
season and a little over season and a half, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Like, I saw uh, a few people were saying, like, you know, just objectively, this is this is this is strange. I don't think I've ever seen this before. Where like, you know, we've seen a coach get fired after two years. I maybe we've seen a, get, a coach get fired during year two. And we, you know, I, we, we've seen this when there's like off-field circumstances, but like right. strictly for football reasons, as far as we know, at time of recording. Uh, that's a new one when the team is not worse than it was in year one. Like the thing that for as bad as they look right now, they were way worse in year one. The the plot line that I love here is, or, or the one that I'm choosing to savor, is that this happened uh, on the heels of a baddish loss to Miami because it makes it seem as though they fired Taggart because they're just really petty about losing to the other big Florida schools. And I, I respect know. that. I'm not, I'm not laughing. I respect that. I'm laughing in recognition. Yeah. I mean, it's not inaccurate. But an improving team. Like, that's the other thing is that there are so many things about this that do not make sense from the start, right? One thing is the shorthanded firing. I know I can name, you know, three, four, five coaches who are much worse at their job than Willie Taggart, who did, who got a lot longer than 21 games, right? Mike Loxley at New Mexico may be the worst head coach um, I, I've ever seen got more games than this, right? But, but you know, Mike Loxley didn't get another job, so we don't really have to worry about that as a point of comparison. Yeah, and if he did, it. it would go great. I'm sure. Mike Loxley also had some other circumstances, which I think bolster your case. You know, as far as I know, Willie Taggart didn't punch anyone. Punch a staffer? In the course of these, these 21 games? As far as I know, no. He, he did not, right? So he's got that going for him. Yeah. Uh, there's also this that that you know if I think about people who received chances that were much longer than this with with much worse results, right? Is there anything they have in common? You know, I thought that was going to be it, and in part, yeah, yeah, because it would it would be really disingenuous to discuss this without noting that Willie Taggart is black, mm-hmm. and as a black head coach, he was only given 21 games. With an improving team. Not a great team. It's very fair to go ahead and say that you didn't like what you saw out of the team because it was below the historical standards of what Florida State was doing, because it was uh, hard to watch, because they you know, struggled to find an identity on offense, because they have arguably wasted two prime years of Cam Akers' career, right? Uh, that, that Cam Akers, a, a great player, and a guy who could have been the anchor for that entire offense as a productive entity for a winning team, um, he, he doesn't get to do that now. This, right? um, this came up on PAPN, and I would be, although I'm loath to recognize that show, I would be curious to hear what you guys think. Um, what do you think this regime would have looked like without Cam Akers, and do you think he might have gotten the hook even faster? I don't know if you can get the hook faster. Like, can, do you can you think of somebody who was fired after one season for anything other than like for anything that wasn't off the field? There was the uh, who was it? Southern Miss. I mean, you have to you have to pull off pull, pull, you have to pull off something like turning ten and two to zero and twelve or whatever that was. 
you got to be Ellis Johnson, right? Yeah, Ellis, yeah, Johnson, Ellis Johnson, um, maybe one of maybe one of the worst hires in the history of college football. I period. personally am on the uh, the stat nerd running backs don't matter train. So like, I don't know how much of a difference it really makes there. Like, if you don't have an offensive line, then nothing else matters. And Florida State hasn't had an offensive line since I don't know twenty fourteen or so. Since Uggo was a pup. Yeah. And, and there's this too. Like, did you did you also fire somebody in the middle of year two when it is a known quantity, a, a fact that was not disguised either in the hire, in the process before, in research, or by data, that this dude was a three-year project. And in both of his previous stops, we're talking extensive rebuild. We're talking drywall gets ripped out we're talking uh a process where in year three that's when things start to congeal and they start to really work right you knew this was going for year three and you knew that year two might not look that great however uh we didn't even get there so what was the thinking that's so we ask this a lot uh, at this time of year and that that is what brings up for me what is the most baffling part of this which is even if you are trying to be usc to the hiring punch unless you have a very specific target in mind who is going to you know tackert was an extremely or and i would argue still is a uh a promising uh, a promising coach with a lot of a lot of good years left ahead of him who on earth is going to take this job don't say pj fleck let's save that for next episode but who wants who wants this job now knowing that uh knowing that a 21 game hook or less is lurking out there yeah also this also if you do get that right then what does that say about the administration that they gave you that, what was the difference? I would be interested to see what the difference would be between uh, you, the person who gets three full years, and Taggart, because mm-hmm. I bet the numbers aren't going to be that much different, right? That's not, and it's honestly not like, it's not like Taggart walked into a great situation. No. No, 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 walked into a horrendous situation. There's an entire APR situation at Florida State. Um, you know, there is an offensive line that it's still going to take two full recruiting cycles just to get them up to okay. Well, at least his predecessor is, uh, you know, is, I can't even finish this joke. Yeah. His predecessor is at Texas A&M. I was going to say, at least his predecessor is guaranteed $75 million, uh, at an SEC gig. Yeah. Also, by the way, it'll like, just at like, where was this urgency a week ago? I know y'all lost to Miami. But, that's the thing. That's but, how, that. That's the thing I keep coming back to. Is that how petty the Florida schools are? I'm sure Bud Elliott, uh, an, another fine member of Banner Society, will have a better explanation for that than this. But yikes, dude. I mean, if you want to know where they didn't actually deliver in the way that I think mattered most, recruiting. Mm. Like Taggart was not a top 10 recruiter. Which is stunning to me. If you want to go like, Which oh. Is, it's stunning to me because of his history as far back as Western Kentucky. Yeah. Of getting guys to Western goddamn Kentucky. No, dude. Dude completely and utterly recruited his ass off 
at those local at those spots, right? At both recruited well at USF and he recruited really well, um, you know, relative to the school's size and reputation at Western Kentucky. So what happened there? Like that's, well, that's, that's a, another, that, that one that's is a the, tricky one because 2018, that's, that's a short, yep. uh, short time span class. Right. Right. And it wasn't bad. It's, I think it's, this one is the one you point to as, you know, it, it wasn't shaping up to be an excellent class. And like, I mean, even with that, like, there's still time, you know. And even with, yeah, even with that, it's incomplete. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, currently right now it ranks 16th. Okay. It's not not bad. A lot of room to grow. 16th with what? 16th with nine, 19 commits. Yeah. That's potentially a top 10 class. You know, I, I don't know no way to know, you know, no way to know where it ends up. But, like, recruiting's not bad at all. No, it's not bad, you know, but it's it's probably if somebody said is it disappointing compared to what Florida State could expect? Yeah, sure, I think so. Sure. I th- I think so, you know. It, that that's that and that and the usual shuffling of offensive coordinators is probably a, you know, a thing. Also, you know, they were sloppy on the field. You know, I know you're still learning to do things, but like not an impressive football team. No. At all. Just- not and to be clear, though we're Taggart enthusiasts, certainly not up to the standard that you expect from a program with the pedigree and the resources of Florida State. However, 21 games and now you're starting over again. Yeah, I think that's... for a lot of reasons, we would have liked to see him at least get the full two seasons. And then if you say it's not working, well, you know, at some even if you have to make a quick hook, if it's not working, it's not working. You know, certainly agree. This isn't FSU standard, all that, like, not trying to be blind apologists here. Um, and also recognizing that the new timing of the early signing period does ch- completely change everything. Like, if you want if you want to ever dig out of this at some point, you know, you need a coach who has the time to actually, you know, get started. But, like, for the further complicating, I, the ironies there is, like, you were literally starting over within a rebuild. Um, the thing about... This one is like Taggart's career is just very hard to assess. Like WKU accomplished things there that had never been done before. Same with USF. It took a while. Like shit, you yeah. know, shit was not good for two years until it suddenly clicked. Two and a half years. Uh, and then Oregon, what, what in the world can we make of that? He was pretty good when Herbert was healthy. And then FSU is another just complete question mark because he had nothing to work with on the offensive line. So like the career to this point is just a huge question mark and like it was easy when he was hired most of us most of the people in our court on the internet looked at like you know looked at the track record and said you got to look past the win losses you got to look at the context this is great this is going to work you know this this is a great fit this is going to work at fsu and at the same time we looked at mario cristobal at oregon and said you know eh, they hired a guy because the players liked him that's not enough he'll leave you know and now Oregon might go to the playoff. And Wait, no, Oregon could Oregon could finish with twelve straight wins. Yeah, which, by like, the way, that entire situation happened, right? Like, this is FSU getting first in on the big school buyers market, right? Like, getting first shot at a coaching search. In part, I think you know, at least like in terms of being first in the market. Part of that pressure there is somebody else jumping in. One of those schools that will jump in most likely is USC, right? Who we don't know sure that for sure. Also sh- doesn't know who they're going to get and who, again, I'm 
not convinced needs to be doing anything other than taking deep cleansing breaths right now. Right. On the other hand, you know, like we say, yeah, they're going to get rid of, of Clay Helton. Okay. <laughs> you think you know what USC is going to do. You can identify Clay Helton? Good they, ha- they have hired a former Colorado athletic director who was once told to quit and then said in the press conference, I don't know why I'm leaving. So I'm sure everything will just totally snap into place there at USC. Mm. That means Dan Hawkins. Dan Hawkins to USC. Oh, it's time. Fuck yes. Hey, uh, by the way, his not doing as good as expected in the FCS this year, but still hey, fine, a hey. fine program. Wait, I didn't actually know Dan Hawkins wasn't doing radio still. Where's he at? Yeah, he's, uh, which is it? Uh, I, I which you, which UC is he at? Yeah, it's uh, Davis. UC Davis. I'm just looking yeah. up for a record. <clears throat> is that one of those point. ones with a weird mascot? I think UC Davis is pretty standard. I don't think they're like No, they're just Santa Aggies. Cruz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they but, haven't been well, near as good as perfect. expected this year, but still pretty good. Uh, but, like, the thing I wanted to say about uh, Oregon and Cristobal and Taggart is, like, I am just out for good forever from now on. I'm trying to predict coaching hires. It's a crazy yeah. It's a roll of the dice. Like, I'll, I'll, you know, this coach is cool. This coach has a fun offense. This coach says funny things. Like, all that is on the table. But, like, asking me to predict who's going to succeed and fail, I am out on that. Like, even the very smartest people can't guess, you know? Like, no. let's just have fun with it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. And by the way, like USC, they're they're doing this in part. Like Florida State is doing this in part. Go ahead, sort of get you know, jump the gun on USC on a USC hire that we're not even sure is happening. Exactly. Like that. That's another thing. There's, there's a lot of ifs here, and you know, if there is anyone competing for the services of whoever Florida State is targeting. That that's also a real good question. Are they a current coach? Are they somebody who is coaching for another major Power Five school, uh, where it's going to be a dogfight in terms of contracts and bidding and outbidding? Right. Um, there, there's also the question, by the way, of like you know, if you're going after somebody who has an existing job, the security at hand, given the volatility of everything that's happened at Florida State. Yeah, man, that might be a question. I don't think having a job at a Florida school, by the way, is, you know, the automatic that it used to be. And I think that every single one of the majors in Florida has proven that, right? Like it was like, okay, you get to Florida and you're either going to be what? You're going to be a you're going to be a, a Miami coach who goes to the NFL, you're going to be Steve Spurrier who stays there for 10 years, you're going to be Urban Meyer who manages to win a couple of national titles or you'll be uh, Bobby Bowden, right? You'll end up staying there for, you know, 20 years plus. These are dynasty jobs. They're not dynasty jobs. None of them are, especially Florida. You know, Florida and Miami both, you know, have had a lot of turbulence over the last couple of years and have struggled to sort of adjust to whatever the new environment is, which I think the new environment there is everyone's got a team in Florida now. Everyone recruits there. It's far more competitive than it used to be. And the three teams at once, all trying at once, makes a much more competitive, difficult environment to succeed in than they've ever faced before. So I don't know if it's quite the job that it used to be just in terms of how fast can I succeed? You know, because, man, Jimbo Fisher's a good coach. The end there, the end was not good. And that doesn't just go for the last year. You know, there was there was an ugly downturn there. Um, once they, once he lost his, you know, generational talent of a QB. Yeah. And I mean, I think the era that we and most of our readers and listeners grew up in, we uh, will probably always have the idea 
that one state, Florida, can support three national title contenders at the same time for decades at a time. And that's counting on a whole lot more than just good players, which you will never again have the same monopoly on them that you had in the 80s and early 90s. And like, you know, <laughs> FSU, like where you go from here, like I don't really want to get into it. They could hire this guy and that guy and all that stuff. Just in general, like you had a dude who was demonstrably a lifelong fan and left a really good job, and he only got 21 games. How many do you think you are going to get? So yeah. I, I, I don't know, man. I like it's a it's a top it's it's a top ten job, but like I might stay put. I mean, I might stay put because there is one part of that that says we have standards, and then there's one evaluation of that that says you're delusional, right? And you know, like that's and that goes by the way with any school that has ambition, right? That's it's true. There's some fringe element of whatever you expect of somebody that will end up being delusional, right? If you just have the highest possible standards, um, especially for programs that have enjoyed success for as long as Florida State has historically. You know, there's always going to be an element of fantasy in terms of how good you could be, right? Because someone's going to be disappointed. It doesn't matter, right? <laughs> that's I how mean, it that's, works. That's how it works, you know? That's half and, the point. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's whether you can sort of tamp down the delusional. And I'm not just talking about fans, by the way. You know, you're talking about admins and boosters as well. Oh, yeah. Sta- I mean, I thought sta- that, like, shown through pretty clearly. Like, the school statement was like, we have no choice but to get rid I know what we have no choice but to fire this guy means. That yeah. means the money guys want rid of him. That's simple. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know what it actually means? Like, if you actually were using the words as they are meant to be used in the English language, I have no choice to fire you means you committed a crime or you exposed <laughs> the university to liability on a scale that we cannot tolerate. That did not happen with Taggart as far as anybody knows, right? That's, you know, who knows? We might record this podcast and be like, wow, man, Willie Taggart was running an underground casino. You know, that's, <laughs> which to me, I don't think you fire him for that. I think you figure out a way to cut everyone else in in the administration and all of that, right? If you can do it in Florida, though, it's going to be, you're, the whole thing's going to be underwater down there, right? So that, yes. was, that was the problem. He, the, the university was about to cave in. He's creating sinkholes with his casino. Oh, you mean that kind of underwater casino? Uh, like, Wait a second. I no, think, I mean, I yeah, think, literally underwater. I think it's that you were competing with other boosters underground casinos, right? Like, oh man, big, big Jim Calkins, you know, he runs, he's been running Tally's best underground casino for years, Willie. He'll never tolerate this. You know, that's, that's typically what I would think of when you say, oh man, Willie Taggart. I have to fire you. That's not what this means. You say we had no choice to. It means that somebody with a checkbook was going to close it, which it means, is it means FSU's actual boss, whoever that might be. Which yeah. is just man, that's like even at Texas, this is the virtue of having a bunch of money and a bunch of boosters checking it, right? There aren't many dudes who can do that at Texas, right? Like maybe Red McCombs, and even then, Red McCombs was like pretty patient. Charlie Strong got a good long trial run. At Texas, before they decided, they they decided to hang it up for good. You know, you can't. You know, you can do that at Florida State because you just don't have the same number of power players. It's smaller, and one checkbook pulls a lot more weight. I don't know who that was, by the way. It's not as easy as like used to be. Like, okay, Oklahoma State two years ago, if Mike Gundy got fired. I know who wanted him fired. It would have been T Boone Pickens, right? If somebody gets fired at Tennessee, I'm pretty sure the Haslam's were behind that, right? They at least pulled some serious strings to make it happen. That's not the case at Florida State. 
Oh, to finish the thought from earlier, by the way, USC is like uh, all responsible for this on like a couple of different levels because Clay Helton's in trouble because Oregon ended up pounding to preview what we're going to talk about and cut off a little bit of it. Now, Oregon ended up pounding USC at home, embarrassing them. Like Holly had a great point. Um, on fr- what on Friday? On Friday about how they might not fire Clay Helton because he's the one person at USC who hadn't embarrassed the university. Uh, with the information that I was working with at the time, at the time it was a great point. It was, and then new information came to light, namely that USC got thrown around the Coliseum for three hours the other night, and Oregon beat them by what thirty at home in LA in front of a good crowd. I don't mean a bad crowd. No, a crowd like a, a lot of eyes. But on national TV, they got destroyed by Oregon. A team coached by Mario Cristobal, who got that gig because Willie Taggart left for FSU. That's the circle of life, y'all. We've talked about football for a while. We have. Weird. Yeah. It feels weird. It feels good. Let's let's dial it down. Let's 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 step back from all this serious business and talk something lighthearted. How about SMU Memphis? Woo! The, that the ult- was just as advertised, and I'm still kind of mad that we did not cannonball run it from the Jacksonville show directly to the Liberty Bowl. We're going Three from out. Jacksonville to Memphis. <laughs> we got direct flights every Sunday, every Saturday morning from. We just wrote, that's what we do on Mid American Southwest Continental Championship Airlines. Top is. Top is. Direct from Jacksonville, semi national airport. Now I'm trying to imagine him having to say, having to live in the dot com era and be like, www. www. No, he just said it. www. Yeah, I guess he said enough W's during his day. You get on them internets and you come on now. We go to Memphis. It'll be SMU. The white collar strangler facing Memphis. Hey man, if I want a right collar strangler, I'll call Ryan. Wow, it ain't here. Uh, yeah, SMU Memphis. Everything is advertised, man. Three hours, uh, three hours of nonstop fireworks, negligent defense, exploding special teams, um, in both the positive and negative sense of the word. At one point, an ESPN Skycam that seemed to be devoted entirely to DAPS. Yeah, they just follow the DAP cam the whole time. A, a cameraman devoted to an angry Memphis fan who after um who after a face mask call that was or a non-call that was like the worst uncalled face mask I have ever seen in my life. Again, Memphis, come for the wrestling, stay for the football. To the ground. Yeah. Through through Gainwell to the ground by the his referee face mask. is distracted. He <laughs> was the referee. He's distracted by all of these Memphis special teams touchdowns. He's distracted by Antonio Bishop and his magnetic ways. Um, distracted by all of that, Gainwell gets thrown down by his face mask, and the camera. And I like I don't. ESPN's very good at what they do. I don't think we really the compliment the men and women. Are, yeah, their production values are terrific. Their directors are terrific. Their 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 production values like the director because they saw this angry Memphis fan absolutely flipping the hell out right and memphis's crowd and i'm gonna put this kindly because i had a divorced uncle who lived in memphis for a number number of years half the memphis crowd looks like divorced uncles all right i mean looks like are divorced uncles who are very passionate about the memphis tigers and they follow this, this one dude the women and children of course yes it includes them um and they follow this one dude who is just heated 
over this cult and let the camera sit on him. Very theatrically putting his hands over his mouth and going, boo. Yeah, doing like the theatrical Shakespearean mob boo, right? They follow him for like a minute as he just gets more and more incensed. And then a cop shows up (laughs) and they ask him to leave. And I know the camera person is just sitting there like, no, 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 this is good. This guy, you need to stay on him. This guy's going to completely lose it. Also, Kirk and Chris had to spend the night in the Liberty Bowl, which just delights me. I don't know how you guys feel about it. <laughs> I enjoy, I enjoy, Fancy lads. I enjoy that they had to, I enjoy that they had to endure some working class accommodations for a minute. Yep. That's, that, that's what I'm very happy about. And I know they were unhappy about it for different reasons too. Not that different. Not that, no, not that different. <laughs> Um, but what a joy what what a what a blast this game was memphis ends up winning uh and the exact exactly the kind of like high flying madcap shootout that you expect the aac to provide week in and week out jason is the aac like our most barnstorming freewheel and mountain west 2000 kind of conference at the moment yeah yeah completely i mean if you want if you want close games and wacky finishes your best choice is the ACC Coastal. Unfortunately, now you're watching ACC Coastal teams. If you want that with a degree of competence, perhaps not as much money invested into the competence, but competence nevertheless, you are turning to the AAC, particularly the West. You might want to sprinkle in some UCF and Cincinnati, but the AAC yeah. West actually grades out in lots of the computers as better than the ACC Coastal, and in some of them even better than the one with Clemson in it. Yeah. So, yeah, AAC and, it gives you it gives you uh, medium tier competence at maximum volume, and that's also, all they want. Also, variety. Do you want a true triple option team, like a seriously true triple option team? Congratulations, we got Navy. Do you want like the next gen triple option team playing in for some reason its own stadium in the middle of New Orleans with the best logo in college football? Yeah, go to Tulane. Do you want uh, undead SMU rising from the ashes like 30 years after dying as much as any program has ever come close to dying with an offense that scores 45 points uh, a game and two extremely happy dudes who run a pony out on the field before the game? Uh, yeah, SMU, come come on down. Do you want like do you want fireworks exploding for three hours straight and? Uh, at least one, possibly two players on the team who can go for 350 total yards in three different phases of the game at any point. Hey, Memphis, there you go. They got a quarterback named White Brady, uh, and they have a tight end named Joey Magnifico. That's just bonus. I'm just giving you gravy here at this point because Memphis. And, like, when you get down, you go, oh, man, like, who are the worst teams? You go, Houston and Tulsa. You watch Houston and Tulsa play? They're terrifying, both to their fans and to the people watching them. I love, I, I love the AAC West. It's like this maybe my favorite division in all of football. And then on the other side, you got UConn. So something for everyone, truly. <laughs> They're contained. I enjoy that UConn's over there, like biohazard. This was very smart of Navy to avoid UConn. Like, yeah, we want it. We want it. Yeah, we're, we're fine traveling. We're fine traveling far away from UConn. Where is it? Stores, Connecticut. Please note that UConn football is kept, even kept in quarantine in Connecticut, right? <laughs> it's it's far the stores away. nobody shops at. 
Yeah, that's <laughs> what you, stores. Which Connecticut stores? is a is a dead mall. It's, it's is it the Pottery Barn? No, it's the Nottery Barn. It's a driftwood clearance house. Um, the, but yeah, I this was a delightful game. Memphis, Memphis forever. I don't really care what they get playoff. Like they're like, well, could they make the playoff? Absolutely not. No, it's just not. It's not going to happen. They're not going to let y'all in because that's not how this system works. It's not how America works, too, right? Unfortunately, like, yeah, you're we, too dope for the playoff. Yeah, too dope for the playoff. We just, you know what? There we go. T-shirts available at homefield.com. Too I dope mean, for the we playoff. Really could football. make that happen. So no, I'm not, <laughs> it, clip it this. Would, it would be actually very easy to make that happen. So yeah, clip the, <laughs> clip this and just have those ready to go so we can sell them. We could do fans. that every year in the top uh, the top G five teams colors. Yeah, so like <laughs> just <laughs> cycle dope. it out. Last year it would have been gold and black. Like it's simple. We already know. We already know how this is gonna go. Uh, yeah. But uh, speaking of SMU, their uh, former head coach, <laughs> the one, who, <laughs> the one who was doing pretty good uh, at SMU and then left. Uh, it doesn't seem to be going all that well for him in the SEC West. Chad Morris, uh, Spencer, you you jotted down a few numbers here. I did. I have a few numbers on this in case you want to know. Um, after losing, uh, they've lost six in a row. Those first three losses, you know, they're all by like around one score. And then, I don't know, their, their girdle broke. The gut just came flying out. Jeez. You know? That's evocative. Oh, here at, uh, at, 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 uh, in Orlando at Harry Potter World, mm-hmm. saw a, uh, there's a gargoyle outside of the main castle. Actually, there's a pair of them. They were big, fat, razorback warthogs with huge angel wings. Well, yeah, because they're I, dead. I, I, yeah, <laughs> they've been, they've I, been dead. <laughs> for about I, three I asked, games now. I asked my daughter, who's like Harry Potter lore master, like, what are those? And she's like, <laughs> oh, they're called flying pigs. I looked it up, and yep, that's it. But it just made me think about the Razorbacks and all they're going through. Anyway, that was that, that was that was that was a detour. Let's get back to it. That's that's okay. We're going to we're going to via flu transport back to the shutdown full cast where we are discussing uh, a Dementor's worst nightmare. That would be coaching Arkansas because they've lost. Three get their last three games by a combined 112 points. 112 points. That would be a lot in basketball. <laughs> yeah, no, that that'd be a that'd be a real bad run in basketball, right? Um, and the last one this weekend, um, you lost to Mississippi State, scored 54 on you, I believe. Uh, Mississippi State hadn't scored over 30 in like six games. Um, they wanted they, to ship him off to Rutgers. All he had to do was play Arkansas. And, ah, it's not that bad. <laughs> man, exactly. Like Chad Morris is dying for it. Chad Morris is dying so that you may live, Joe Moorhead. <laughs> that's that's how that's how blessed and you are that somebody's willing to now go he ahead is and no more them. dead. Yeah, exactly. Joe, Joe Moorhead, obviously brilliant coach. Thanks to Chad Morris. Yeah, they. By the way, they have three games left. Western Kentucky, L. Louisiana, yeah, Louisiana State University, <laughs> Gra- massive L, <laughs> Grande L, <laughs> and Mizzou. Which, as far as I know, that that's an L right there. That's Mizzou's bowl game. Mizzou is going to care about beating you, Arkansas. Yeah, it you, could get you, ugly. <laughs> I mean, it will you. get ugly. It's Mizzou, Arkansas, but you know what I mean. 
Yeah, like I was like, oh man, does Mizzou have an ugly loss left this year? I'm like, nope, they lost to Wyoming, man. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> they took their medicine, right? Like, nope, got my recommended daily allowance of suck. I'm just going to go ahead and be a pretty average football team the rest of the year. They're over with that. And apparently, I don't know, in Arkansas, the dietary requirements for how much suck you can ingest in a year, a little different than the rest of us. Got some kind of Lap, lapping it up. Just laugh. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Something about the climate. You need a whole lot of suck. <laughs> Face down in the trough. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Oh, our actions are very intense. We need to rest extensively in between them. Between SEC wins, we need four, possibly five years. Every single time. See, to me, I look at Chad Morris. If they fire him right now, I'm like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> like, so, I mean, no problem there. Like, I mean, at least Florida State, you know, competitive, statistically improving, things happening. Um, you know, still somewhat respectable in in terms of recruiting, right? And could I think you know do a lot better? That's you know there was at least potential there. And in terms of Chad Morris, you know, and the ongoing confusion about exactly what Arkansas has to do to be successful, right? Um, so in, in the uh, Massey Composite Computer Ratings, which compile together every rating, Arkansas currently ranks 112th behind Vanderbilt, ULM, MTSU, and Charlotte. They are really? the second worst team in all of the Power Five, ahead of only Rutgers. Arkansas in recruiting rankings, by the way, currently sitting at 39th. And you go, ah, well, you know, that doesn't sound that doesn't sound too bad. Yeah, that's behind Cal, Kansas, Minnesota, Northwestern. Oh. Okay, Iowa. So behind Northwestern, that's where I'm really like, uh oh, we got a problem. Kentucky, North Carolina. Yeah, it's not good. Oh, and 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 current sixteenth placeholder, Florida State. Yeah. So yeah. this, this to me, is what a two-year coach looks like. Yeah, like if they fire Chad Morris and somebody will go, I don't know, you guys said that, you know, Florida State was racist for firing. And we're like, well, uh, y- you know what? It, it, he was better than Chad Morris. <laughs> He's doing way better than Chad Morris. Chad Morris, Chad Morris just, and I don't really know what, that deal is i don't know what happened this is one of those disasters so complete that even if you had said chad chad morris was middling at arkansas right if you had just said yeah chad morris has been pretty mediocre i could have gotten that because you go i don't know you know like yeah i this is bad beyond like this is bad even beyond any understanding of acceptably bad learning um this is one of those things where you just wonder structurally what's wrong there. You go, I don't know. Do you guys do you not have fresh water? Is there no power in your facilities? Do you not have a weight room? Did you just not build a weight room for like 60 years? Yeah. I don't know. Could be. No, I'm, I'm, I'm baffled. Someone, someone please explain it to me at, uh, Stephen Godfrey, Stephen at BannerSociety.com. Just send me your full diatribe about how this happened. Yeah, it's not that we are uh, racist against Chad Morris. We just hate everyone from Edgewood, Texas. <laughs> Those bastards. Those bastards. It's a total population of 1506, and we will fight everyone. They stole our ceramics plant. 
Uh, there's a header in this, these notes, by the way, that just says Nebraska feels pretty ripe for jokes. Well, yeah. Yeah, tend to agree. There's a reason for that. Nebraska lost to Purdue. A little bit of extra mustard on that, by the way. Does Purdue have its starting quarterback? No. Does Purdue did Purdue finish this game with its second string quarterback? No. Purdue's on its third string quarterback. In addition to a slew of injuries, literally too numerous to cover in the span of time that anyone's willing to devote to Purdue football. They're including hurt. including their only like extremely good players still out. Oh yeah. Yeah, Ron, Ron Rondell Moore out. So you're just right now it's just Brome. Just Brome it just like doing what you do in NCAA football where you're like, I don't know, does this play work? What's this do? That's pretty neat. Just calling really good plays. Yeah, just calling some great ones here, buddy. Pick random. Oh, this is what Corso says I should call. <laughs> Nebraska lost to Lee Corso. Nebraska lost to Lee Corso. Amazing. Uh, Nebraska Nebraska lost 31-27 to the Purdue Boilermakers. This is uh, this takes man, do you know what Scott Frost's record on the road is? I do. Go ahead. One one and eight? Correct. One and eight. It's so probably far. because his players are still wearing hoodies. Can't go on the road wearing a hoodie. It's cowardly. I don't want to see these tough. guys in West Lafayette wearing hoodies. You should be nude in West Lafayette. <laughs> Otherwise, you're not a tough guy. Just like Joe Tiller, be nude in West Lafayette all the time. West, I bet Joe Tiller was nude a lot in Wyoming. It's yeah, like, oh, please. No one can see. No one knows. Yeah. No neighbors. Go out here. All natural. Yeah, it seems like it would be wasteful to wear clothing there. Yeah, so it's they... just going to get blown off you anyway by the wind, to be clear. Hey, hey, if you go to Cheyenne, you go out to Tiller's place, let me tell you something. That guy, no pants. <laughs> He's a genius. He's a genius, but also, I'm telling let's you. Also, note here that he invented the spread offense. Yeah. The... <laughs> when did you think of it? When I was nude. <laughs> yeah. And and speaking of naked and lacking protection, uh, you know, Adrian Martinez kind of regressed. Didn't mm. didn't throw didn't throw a TD through an interception. It's been been pretty lackluster so far in his second season in Lincoln. I I don't like, know. It's one of those things where you just go like, I man, I don't know if like one thing's wrong with Nebraska or if it's like four hundred little different things. I don't think a lot's changed. I don't tend to think change things change a whole lot with the basic makeup of teams from one year to the other. Maybe over three or four years, but not. This is this sort of still feels like the same team. I mean, I I don't want to say I bought in like mm-hmm. to the extent that. You know, people who had them in the national championship odds did, but like I figured they'd be quite improved. You know, maybe like a seven, eight, possibly even nine win type team. But like people had Adrian Martinez in the Heisman odds, like in the top 10 of the Heisman odds. That's the part that still amazes me. And like, you know, he can still put some things together. Not going to win Heisman, but like, you know, he could still prove to be a good college quarterback. Absolutely. I I just look back at this offseason when, like, no one knew what to make of Nebraska, and yet they were getting added to the odds boards as, like, you could clearly see when they were individually added because, like, you know, 
the sports book puts out the 20 teams it figures people want to bet on and then it's like just literally tax on another one and it's Nebraska and they're like I don't know why people are giving us money on Nebraska winning the national anyway it's been a long uh it's been a long calendar year for Nebraska yeah currently currently at four and five I mean could still make a bowl game but <laughs> you you are pitching you're pitching hard uphill to do that son if if you're Nebraska, because sitting at four and five, your next three games are uh, in Lincoln, right? Uh, you get Wisconsin, which, I, you know what? I don't know. Screw it. I, I'm not saying that Wisconsin's capable of anything at this point. I'm mad at y'all. Hmm. Thought, you, thought you might be good for a second. Then you just turned out to be Wisconsin good. But Illinois you know? is really good. That's a quality loss now. That's that's true. Illinois is going to like a third tier Big Ten bowl game now. So, Lovey Smith's gonna, beard's going to get some sun on it. It's going <laughs> to look resplendent. Oil it up. It's going to turn gold. And <laughs> Lovey's just going to like all of a sudden like look more biblical and divine with every single like passing week, right? Like, when did he get a robe and a staff? <laughs> that's got to be good for recruiting, right? Who would yeah, want to play for Lovey the All Father? <laughs> yeah, who, who would want to play for Lovey? Literal Moses, right? <laughs> like, yeah, sense of direction, like like Illinois, fo- like Moses, and like Illinois football. We're going to meander a little bit before we get to our destination. There's going to be about right? four decades where nothing happens. Sure. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, but, uh, they, but but they get they're at Maryland, which um, that better be a win. It really better be a win. Because Maryland, uh, who, if you want to talk about teams, people were way too excited about after two regular season games in 2019. Yeah, Maryland. It lost again this weekend. And then you get uh, then you get Iowa at home. And as always, I say, if you can't beat Iowa, then um, I don't know, you could still be pretty good because anyone can lose to Iowa at any point. There you go. So Nebraska, you are still pretty good. Yeah, still pretty good. I th- I think like getting get, but if you're gonna get to six wins, you're gonna have to surprise somebody in either the Wisconsin or the Iowa game. And if there's one thing that's surprising about Nebraska this year, um, is how not surprising their mediocrity has been consistently across week after week after week. That's true. Oh, and, and if we do, if we do have some, somebody was like, you know, Nebraska feels pretty ripe for jokes. That's the note. Jason has in here, you know, which all I could come up with is, uh, well, they lost to Purdue, which is getting hit by a train, which should be pretty relatable for Nebraskans. I feel like that's a top five cause of death for Nebraskans. (laughs) Right. Still getting hit by trains. I mean, I don't mean Amtrak either, by the way. I mean, like actual steam locomotives. (laughs) Right. Right. It seems like it's a recreational activity. Like it's like splashing cold water on your face. It's like Scott Frost. Imagine Nebraska. Yeah. I think train uh, train accidents are such a frequent occurrence in Nebraska that you sort of write it off as like industrial shrinkage. You know, oh, we lost another four good men to trains this week. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, Uncle Uncle Steve's gone. What happened? Train. Let's, oh, let's, yeah. let's try and cut it down to two per week. Make that a goal. Yeah, this, <laughs> call OSHA. We only killed eight people with trains this week. Oh, that's, that's a good job, right? Well. If and I'm looking forward, there's a train. If I'm looking to the side, there's nothing. I'd rather look at the train. Spent Fucking most of my day. 
trench warfare against trains, except there's no trenches. Everything's flat. Yeah. How do you win? Stare that stare that Cyclops right there in the one headlight, buddy. <laughs> Tom Osborne did it. Everyone in Nebraska thinks trains are animals. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot it! <laughs> it's got tons of good meat. I'm over it's my ar- limit. It's already smoked and everything. Look at it. <laughs> Good horse. Look at that horse go. Look at that long horse. My God. (laughs) Drew Brees warmed up the game, uh, warmed up the Purdue crowd uh, before the game. And, you know, I think he showed up because there was a pyramid scheme involved, i.e. Nebraska football. You know, if you just tell one friend Nebraska football is good, then they tell another. (laughs) Pretty soon we can get everyone to put Adrian Martinez on a Heisman watch list, right? (laughs) Uh, Nebraska's lost two in a row to Purdue, even though the moon only let Purdue walk all over it once. Nice. Uh, these are yeah, real. These I call are, these are real joke jokes. No, no, no. You wanted jokes. I got jokes. Yeah. Uh, more like the Porn Huskers because I watch them get drilled. Yeah. Uh, yeah. More like the Rip Torn Huskers because they were once great and they're now dead. <laughs> and are you a Nebraska or are you a Nebraska cat? I argue nice. you're a Nebraska cat. No, that was comedy. That that was some jokes. See, there yeah. you go. I got I got I got all kinds of Nebraska jokes. Speaking of jokes that are speaking of jokes that aren't funny and are very very real. UCLA. So UCLA, as we uh, discussed last week, has a clear path to the Rose Bowl. Of course, Chip Kelly would dispute this because he uh, he, he is a. Uh, Predeterminist who believes that once your you know your path is set in motion, the, his full name was Calvin. Yeah, he, the higher power will leave you along that path. There's something far weirder. Oregon State controls its own path, destiny, whatever you would like to call it in theologian Chip Kelly's church to the Rose Bowl. Oregon State, which beat the absolute shit out of Arizona, scoring its most points in the game since 2012 against Nichols State. Uh, yeah, Oregon State is uh, apparently not bad, and that's cool because Arizona is. I'm, like the off season, you <laughs> the off season we looked ahead at Arizona's schedule, and it was like, all right, you know, they're going to beat Hawaii, and then they got some more basically gimme wins, and then things get terrible. But there's this game against Oregon State. They win that, and they're going to a bowl. Oh, Arizona will be fine. Well, they lost to Hawaii, and they lost to Oregon State, and they still got to play Oregon and Utah, and Herm Edwards. So things are only going to get worse. Uh, but not for Oregon State. <laughs> no, apparently apparently Oregon State did my favorite thing where they, they died. And then they're like, yeah, we went to hell and now we're back. <laughs> and now we're fine, apparently. <laughs> you know, actually, actually, my skin's great. I don't break out anymore. I've lost like 15 pounds. I don't know. Yeah, like, should, so yeah. like hell's just a sauna. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's really not that bad, y'all. Just, you know, go, come back, and start kicking the shit out of people in the Pac-12 in the second half of the season. <laughs> There's so many cool people down there. Yeah, that no. part is really true. Yeah, no, hey, listen, man. I met a lot of really inspirational people down there, you know? Um, you know, did you know Mike Riley's the devil? Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. They told us the Great Deceiver would be uh, very charming. Yeah, no, he's massively charming. I, this is. You will know him as the nicest guy in football. Yeah, which is that's what, it, that's what it says. The this point in the season is so special to me because Jason, you get to 
say things like, yeah, this team, they're bad. <laughs> there's no longer like, there's not, well, maybe they'll pull it off. Maybe things will change. No, man. This team's not good. It's over for you. I mean, okay, so like Arizona, if you beat Utah and Oregon, we'll upgrade this to your confusing, right? That's that's your that's your ambition now. Yeah, yeah. If you do that but, and win the state, okay, we'll call you pretty good. Actually, yeah, we'll, but, we'll just call you the good win for Hawaii. I mean, somebody somebody said somebody asked me on Twitter today said is it too late for me to give up on Arizona you know or too soon for me to give up on Kevin Sumlin in Arizona and I thought I you can give up on anybody at Arizona at any time like who's strung together two good years there in a row you can give up on any team and any coach at any time no none of them have the right to make you feel like this that's true you're not obligated at all I would say you're way less than obligated where Arizona's involved because consistency has not been thy name over the course of your history. So I suggest the best time to get really pessimistic about Arizona football is right after a nine or 10 win season. If that happens, yeah, sure. Sell, 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 sell. Yeah. Did you think about reading a lot this fall? Were you considering maybe re you know like refamiliarizing yourself with a sport that you'd let sort of neglect were you planning on you know catching up on the criterion collection watching a bunch of wrestling maybe go ahead training for a triathlon do it and then come back to arizona football the next season after they've gone three and nine and fired their coach spencer of that list uh training for a triathlon and watching a bunch of wrestling which one is number one on your goals list right now watching a bunch of wrestling Okay, just just checking to make sure. Triathlon's far too involved, far too I th- involved. I, I I still I it it got in my head while we were playing ping pong in Jacksonville that Spencer should become a biathlete, and yeah. I, <laughs> which to become to become a biathlete I would need to move to some place that has snow. Yeah, right. And I would need to learn to shoot a rifle well. I will tell you that one is logistically difficult; the other physically improbable. We're gonna get it done. Become a, can I become a biathlete for some place that doesn't actually have winter sports teams? Right? Can I pay my way in? Yeah, you're gonna join like the Costa Rican biathlon team. Yeah, that is what that couple did from 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 Dominica. Or something. No, from New York. They uh, they were like no, I mean, where their where their country? Yeah, yeah, they were like the biathletes from Dominica, and I think they got like they got like a stage in, and they were like, nope, later. I don't even know if she showed up. I think he bailed. With like, the one who didn't show up is the smart one. Yeah. I bet That's that usually caused, how it goes. I bet that caused friction in their marriage, though. Like, I tried for the country of Dominica, Dana. <laughs> After all they've done for us. Yeah. After all they've done for us, making us Olympians. <laughs> Please. Uh, the other the other thing we have noted here, our notes are fantastic for this episode, which is is San Jose State Stadium our most Tony Hawk stadium? <laughs> so during this so game, they were hosting Boise State this. and they were competitive yeah. against Boise State. Uh, they are not a, not often competitive against Boise State. I don't think they've ever beaten them. So everyone was watching San Jose State at San Jose State, which almost never happens. We're used to them doing things like going to Arkansas and beating Arkansas, which that's real. Uh, but for whatever reason, everyone just sort of realized all at once what San Jose State Stadium looked like. It's a half pipe. They play football in the just middle like of it. Kevin. 
and one of the, uh, the 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 ramps on the side there has no stands, just grass up the middle. It's uh, it, it 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 just looks really fun to play video games on. Crazy Taxi, maybe some paintball, you know, all sorts of activities. Skate Skate Three, where my character goes halfway into it and begins glitching, right? Like. <laughs> Oh yeah, the yeah the terrible the terrible skating game. Yeah, yeah. just that flying probably, out of it. It probably is more like San Jose State football. That's, I think that's a way more representative slice of San Jose football. Is it glitched and then it started making weird noises and then it beat Arkansas. Yeah, the the question I wanted to throw out there is if there are other stadiums that you look at them and you're like, this would be perfect for fucking Counter Strike or. Tony Hawk or I, I think the of the stadiums that I've been to that I thought, man, I would really like to I would really like to like do something other than this. I think I would want to open up the hogs feral hog statue for to play like paintball on. Is it like a capture the flag king of the hill kind of scenario? Right? Put the flag on top of the hogs and protect it. Yeah, defend the hogs. You yeah. you, you do that in, in uh in Arkansas and people will join in. I don't know if I, they'll be using the same equipment as you, but I would one hundred percent play paintball inside the Jerry Dome. Jerry <laughs> might. Jerry. Well, they even got a jail. They do have a jail. They have like the weird, like they have the weird, like tiers and rafters. They've got they've got some really nasty choke points in there, right? Which are really good for for paintball and point control. So yeah, like I, I think that's the way I'm gonna go. Yeah, paintball in Jerry World. Who says no? Yeah, the only other thing I've wanted to do in Jerry World is to uh, is to play, you know, like a video game on the Jumbotron, on their massive, on the Jerrytron, right? Because that's the entire stadium is built around a TV. You don't get more Texas than that. Then, hey, we got a football game going on. Let's all watch TV. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh... We're going to skip ahead to uh, <clears throat> Rutgers here. <laughs> yeah, baby. I think it's time to cover Rutgers week. So we got a we got a brainchild. It's getting born. We uh, a week or two ago we looked up and realized like, hey, uh, we we kind of have a lot of posts that relate to Rutgers in the works, which is never really an ideal thing to look up and discover. But we decided let's actually make it, you know, make it look sort of intentional. So sort of hastily assembled a, uh, a theme week. Our first theme week is Banner Society. And it's called Rutgers Week. Uh, and we're going to try and we're going to try and put out, say, an article or so a day on Rutgers stuff. It'll be obviously not super reverent of football's mother. But, uh, you know, sometimes 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 you got to sass your mom, you know. And I think and that in in that spirit, I uh, I tossed out the the preview for Rutgers Week today, and I got a really interesting question back from reader Scoop K at SMK seventy three on Twitter. Is there any other thing where the inventor of it is now the worst at it? And uh, a couple of the initial responses were uh, Facebook, uh, mm-hmm. the BlackBerry. I assume he meant the technological device, not the fruit. Uh, Hydrox was my favorite one. <laughs> Hydrox came before Oreo. I believe. I believe that is the implication. Yes. Wow. They fucked that up. 
Can we add New York City rap music? Ooh. Yeah, I was just going to say Eminem, because whatever Eminem does, he is now the worst at. <laughs> he invented being Eminem. Yeah, he's, he's terrible at being Eminem. There's so many better Eminems out there. 